It's good to see you. Oh, I'm going to have to use the handout because this is horrible. Is it? Oh. It's, can I have some more bass? Um, <laughs> I just feel really, I feel really trebly, if that makes sense. Um, we'll get there. Um, it's just because I hear myself, but yeah. Um, morning. It's one of those mornings, you know, where everything can go wrong, goes wrong. Um, our, our trailer uh, that we store all our kids' ministry stuff in had a flat tyre this morning. Um, so we had to load the van and then go back to the storage container and load it again. Um, so it took twice as long to set up church this morning. A speaker has blown, hopefully not by us, because the school will be cross. Um, and so, you know, the thing that I'm conscious of is um, when we're in adversity, that's where we're closest to breakthrough, isn't it? Um, when, we, when things are going wrong, when things are pushing against us, often they're the times uh, when God is ready to move. And so maybe that's what the Lord wants to do this morning. He wants to move amongst us. Um, we're going to be continuing, jumping back into a teaching series that we've been doing called Transformed. And um, over this period of time, in this season in the life of our church, we've been thinking about discipleship um, and what it means for us to kind of give birth to a culture of discipleship, that we recognise that, that sometimes we can limit discipleship to just ticking some boxes, can't we? You know, it's just like, we've, we've ticked a few boxes, therefore we've done discipleship. And we neglect that this idea of being a disciple is actually a long life, a long, um, a long journey of apprenticeship to Jesus. It's something that lasts uh, the whole of life. It's, it's, it's what it means to follow him. And we've been trying to embrace this idea that uh, when we follow Jesus, see, it's both a response to his invitation and challenge. You know, so Jesus says, come as you are, doesn't he? And he, he embraces us as we are. He invites us in uh, to himself. But he also says, don't stay as you are. And there's an element of challenge to following Jesus. And often... Um, you know, Jesus will challenge our perception of things. He will challenge the way we view the world. He will challenge us to take risks and step out and do new things. And we see that's exactly what he did with his first disciples. He, he invited them in. He embraced them, but then he challenged them. He challenged them to think differently, to go. He, he trained them up and sent them out. There was all these things of, of, of challenge and when we, when we face challenge, we experience growth, don't we? We, we grow as individuals. Um, we become different kinds of people. Things change in us. And, and one of the things that we've been expressing throughout this series is that when we embrace this invitation and challenge, three things change. Uh, first of all, our identity is changed. We, it changes who we are. As we follow him, him we're made into new people. We're, we're made into a new creation. We're, we're no longer sinners, we're saints. We're uh, men and women who were on the road and the path to death, but now we're being led into life. It all changes. It changes our desires. Uh, 
suddenly the things that we orientate our lives around begin to change and we begin to orientate ourselves around someone else's agenda, Jesus' agenda and the agenda of his, of his kingdom. And it changes our rhythms. It changes uh, how we live, the, the choices that we make, maybe the, the jobs that we do, maybe um, the pace that we set in life. It all changes after encountering Jesus and responding to his invitation and challenge. And so we're saying that's what it's like to be a disciple. They're the realities. They're the things that we have to go through. And we've been using a framework, a really simple framework, uh, for how we understand discipleship taking place. And it's this idea that we live life in three dimensions. And so we live life in an upward Dimension, which is all about our connection to God. Uh, we live in an inward dimension, which is about dressing the issues of our character and our person, and primarily in the context of community. And we also um, address the, uh, the outward dimension. We've been looking at this outward dimension, our sense of calling, and on our call towards the mission of God uh, in the world. And so for the last few weeks now, as we've been in this series, we've been focusing on that first dimension, that connection to God. And, and as we've been doing that, we've been trying to introduce a series of different tools and things to help us uh, try and remember some of the habits, some of the things that we can do to build that connection up towards God. And the four things that we I've been looking at uh, up here on the screen. Now, click. That's, there you go. Um, and so the first one we looked at was power, uh, power up with prayer. And then we looked at refresh in worship. And then we looked at this stop and read the word. And today we're going to be looking at listen and hear God, God's voice. And you may have realized we're kind of using symbols from the digital World, and we've kind of adopted some of these symbols that we, we use on our phones, on our electronic devices, as a, just a little reminder of what it means to practice some of these things uh, that we're talking about. And so we're on the last week thinking about this upward connection and thinking about listening, learning to listen and hear God's voice. Or um, to put it another way, we want to think about how leaning into the prophetic aids our upward connection to God. And so as we begin to unpack that this morning, I, I want to make at least one assumption. Okay? Uh, um, and so we start, when we start um, and think about this idea of God speaking to us, um, that, that the assumption I want to make is, is that we, we believe God is speaking today. We believe that he, he can speak and we believe that we can hear him. Yeah, so that's our assumption. And, 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 and hopefully our assumption is, is that through God speaking and us being able to hear him, um, we get, that gets to be a vital part of our friendship with him. Jesus in Matthew 4 uh, says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, our ability to hear 
God's voice is something that sustains us, isn't it? It's something that brings, unlo- brings us life. It, it encourages us. It propels us. It, it, sp- it spurs us on. Now, how many times have we felt desperate and lost and alone and then God speaks? And suddenly we find life again. You know, it's good news, isn't it? We haven't been left high and dry. We're, we're not left in silence. But actually, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through what he, he does, God is still speaking to his people. He's speaking to his church, thr- primarily through what we call these prophetic gifts. So, if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Just going to look at a few, a few verses there. And so this is the um, the Apostle Paul, this guy responsible for writing a, a large portion of the New Testament, speaking, writing to the church, and he says this: "Follow the way of love." And eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anybody who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one can understand them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Now, just to kind of put a little pause button there, just to kind of understand the context of what's going on here. Paul is addressing an issue in, in the church. He's addressing a little bit of a problem. The church are coming together. They're gathering together. And as they gather together, they're all exercising another spiritual gift, this gift of speaking in tongues. Some of you may have come across that gift, um, this heavenly language that God gives us. And, and what's happening is they're coming together as the church and they're just speaking in tongues to one another. And no one's got a clue what is going on. And, and, and so Paul's kind of saying, guys, it's great that you can speak in tongues. But speaking in tongues is, is about edifying yourself. You know, if, if you're going to pursue any gift, if you're going to go after any gift in the life of the church, go after the gift of, of prophecy. And so if we pick up in verse, verse 3, it says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anybody who speaks in tongues edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like everyone to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so the church may be edified. And so the Apostle Paul speaks this eager message that we should all desire the gifts of the Spirit. We should all desire the gifts that he distributes. And he says, but especially this gift of prophecy. You don't have to turn there, but in in, um, 1 Thessalonians, Paul also says this, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians says, do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecy with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. 
And so the assumption that we're starting with this morning is that we believe that God speaks. And we believe we are able to hear him, that he, he speaks to his church. And that happens to happen through, happens to happen, don't know how I said that, but um, uh, that happens through these prophetic gifts. So how might we define these prophetic gifts? As uh, one definition says, prophecy is the spiritual ability to communicate the mind of God by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It speaks forth the heart, mind and purpose of God, whether with reference to the past, the present or the future. So that prophecy has two kind of angles to it. There's, there's the prophetic that is, that is uh, foretelling, uh, that's speaking of the future, speaking of things to come. And then there's um, a prophecy that's foretelling, proclaiming God's truth in a moment, speaking into a situation. And we see both of those kinds of prophetic gifts in operation in the life of the church. But Paul says this interesting thing. He says, he says don't treat prophecy with contempt. And I have to think, why, why did he say that? Why, why, why would he say that? And my guess is because is we have the ability to do that. You know, we have uh, the ability to disregard the prophetic. We, we have this uh, ability to possibly just underemphasize uh, God's ability to speak and our ability to, to hear his voice. Now, some of that could be cynicism in our own hearts. You know, we've all been there, haven't we, in places where someone gets up and says, oh, this amazing thing's going to happen. There's going to be revival or this amazing transformation's going to take place. And we're still waiting, you know, and we kind of get a little bit cynical, don't we? We get a little bit jaded and, uh, about, about the prophetic. And we kind of take on this, I'll believe it when I see it mentality. Can anybody relate to that when it comes to uh, this kind of thing? And... Um, and so some would say that um, we speak prophetically by simply communicating uh, the scriptures. That when we teach from the Bible, um, when we teach the scriptures, we're speaking God's words. We're speaking prophetically. Now that's true. You know, when we, when we stand up here and we open up the scriptures, when we are in our connect groups or whether we're just reading our Bibles devotionally, we're reading the Word of God, aren't we? And we're reading God's words to us. And of course, that has a prophetic edge to it. But I just doesn't think, I don't think it ends there. It goes beyond that. A guy called Michael Green, he says, Prophecy is a particular word for a particular people at a particular time through a particular person. Scripture is for all believers in all places at all time. And so we want to be both, don't we? We want to be faithful to the scriptures and we want to teach the scriptures and we want to hear God speak to us through the scriptures. But we also want to hear the particular words that he has for us at a particular time in order to encourage and build one another up and for us to hear God's voice personally. So with that in mind, 
Is the prophetic always right? Is it always right? You know, when, when someone gets up and they, they share an impression or a thought they feel like the Lord is saying, is it always right? And um, I think according to the scriptures, the answer is no. The answer is no. If you flick back into chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians and verse 9, it says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And then in, back in 14 and verse 29, Paul says, Weigh up prophecy. In other words, test it out. See if it's the real deal. So if prophecy is always meant to be right, then why would Paul instruct us um, to test it out? Why would he, why would he um, instruct us to, to weigh it up, make sure it's, it's correct, that we, that we take what is said prophetically and we, we line it up against the scriptures? So if someone comes to, comes to you, you know, if someone came to you this morning, gave you a word of, or, uh, you know, gave you something that they felt the Lord was saying to you, then I would say, don't panic, okay? You know, don't think, oh no, or anything like that. Sometimes people give us words, don't they, and they don't make any sense to us. Has anybody <coughs> ever experienced that? Uh, and I just encourage you, just put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf and just weigh it up. Test to see if it's the Lord. The thing I, the thing I found, if, is if it is the Lord, and if God is speaking something new to you, you'll get the same message everywhere you go. You know when God's on your case, and um, you, know, you go up for prayer, and you think, okay, God, you're going to say something new to me, and he says the same thing again, and again, and again, and again. It kind of, you kind of figure out, don't you, that God... Uh, that God is speaking to you. And, um, you know, the prophetic has always pray, played a, a kind of important part in the life of the church. You know, as Tammy and I have led the church for the last 10 years, we've often lent into uh, the different prophetic, prophetic themes that God has spoken in the life of the church at different times. You know, just in this process of us buying a building, you know, we've been so reliant on God speaking to us prophetically. Because it's a risk, isn't it? Spending half a million pounds of your money uh, is a risk. And um, we want to make sure we've heard from the Lord. You know, and so at different times, at different occasions, the Lord's just come and he's spoken into our situation and reminded us we're doing the right thing. That this is his will. This is what he wants to do and, and we've always led in that kind of way, we've always led with a prophetic ear, wanting to hear from the Lord, wanting to know what's next I think, I think a lot of the problems that we have or a lot of the hang ups that we can have around uh, the prophetic isn't because uh, of the idea of hearing from God is it? My guess is, is that we all love to hear from God that um, when God wants to speak to us, we're, we're encouraged, we're built up, it, it gives us life. Um, I would say a lot of our hang-ups with, with this whole prophetic thing is, is often the baggage that comes with it. 
um, you know, often the way prophecy can be portrayed in the life of the church. Uh, you know, I think we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been in an environment maybe where um, someone has a word from God. And for some reason, they talk really normal when you talk to them. Uh, but when they have a word from the Lord, they have a more authoritative voice. And they puff out their chest and they're like, thus saith the Lord. You know, and it kind of gets a little bit funky. And, um, you know, I just, I just think that we don't need to do that. You know, we don't need to exercise the authority we've been given by trying to be more authoritative. Do we? You know, we don't have to put on a funny voice. We don't have to act in a, in a particular way to make sure the word of the Lord is heard. Another negative you may have experienced is the, um, is the guilt trip prophecy. Have you ever heard one of those? If this church only did this, then God would do this. Or if you only did this, then God. Have you, everyone ever had one of those words uh, given to them? I just don't think God motivates us like that. I don't think that's how a father motivates his kids. You know, I'm just going to make you feel guilty. I know guilt's a powerful tool. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you a guilt trip prophecy, um, or or there is the this is what I want prophecy. Have you ever heard one of those? Like God's told me I'm gonna marry you, <laughs> and you're like He hasn't told me. Um, uh, so there's there's one of those. You never had one of those, Paul? No. Um, well, that's what you said to Esther. Um, Or there is the, there's, there's the charismaniac kind of prophecy. I don't know if you've ever come across those where you're not sure if they're prophesying or hyperventilating. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of, kind of experience. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we, we tease and we, we make fun. But it, if God is speaking, he's God, God is speaking, isn't he? And sometimes God will use the weirdest things uh, to speak to us, and sometimes it can be a little bit strange because you lot are strange. Okay, that's the reality. That's why it can be strange. And that, and 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 the, and the reality is, is that when we speak prophetically, we we need to realise that we we know in part, therefore we prophesy in part. So sometimes when we speak prophetically, it's like 30% us and 70% God, okay? And then other times, it's the other way around. It's 70% us and 30% God. And that's okay. That's okay, because the scriptures say we prophesy in part. We see in part, we prophesy in part. We don't all get the whole thing. And it's really important for us to understand that. But you know, in the vineyard, we are a simple people. Okay? As in simple, as in straightforward, not simple. Um, um, I'll take it as you like, really. Um, But we are a simple people, and we like to keep things simple. So, you know, when we we sense God saying something, when we feel like the Lord wants to uh, communicate something, we don't go all thus saith the Lord on you. Do we? We're just like, you know what? I think 
the Lord wants to say this. Or as we worshipped, I just got this impression that this is what God was saying. Or, you know, as I looked at you, I just felt the Lord wanted me to tell you. Do you you see the difference? Um, You know, it's not about you becoming holier than thou. It's not about you putting on a funny voice. It's just about you being normal and, and responding to what you feel the Lord is saying. And so as we do that, as we respond to what we feel the Lord is saying, uh, we do that and we line up with what Paul says in, in um, verse 3 of chapter, um, chapter 14. He says, uh, when we prophesy, we prophesy for strengthening, encouraging and comfort. And, and, and that's always a great filter to use, isn't it? You know, if we're going to give a word to somebody, if we're going to try and speak God's words to people, is it strengthening, encouraging, and does it bring comfort? Or is it going to feel like I've hit them with a bus? That's, that's just a, a simple filter to put it through. And, and, and so it's our conviction that, um, you know, when we, when we share more public words, when we you know, at the end of worship, when we invite people to come and just share what they feel like the Lord has been saying, um, we're, we're inviting them to do that, to bring words that strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And so, um, you know, I just, I just encourage you. You know, it, I'm sure many of us sense the Lord saying something, but we just bottle it. You know, we just think, oh, no, nah, I'm just making it up. It's just, it's just the cheese I had on my pizza last night. You know, I'm just, it's just a bad indigestion. It's not the Lord. And so um, I think many of us think, I, c- I can't say that. I just encourage you to just come. Come and say it. And as long as you've filtered it through, is it strengthening? Is it encouraging? Does it bring comfort? What can go wrong? You could be completely off the wall, but at the very least, the person is blessed. That, that's, that's, that's the way I see it. You know, some people get a bit, a bit worried that we just let people come and speak here on a Sunday morning and give prophetic words. But that's what the scriptures tell us to do. And as long as it's strengthening, as long as it, it's comforting, as long as it can build one another up, what harm can be done? And so in the context of prophecy, particularly in the local church, I think, I think we can have two kinds of prophecy. We can have inspirational prophecy and we can have revelatory prophecy and so I think the inspirational stuff is doing that 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 strengthening encouraging comforting stuff but the revelatory stuff can sometimes a little be a little bit more directional can't it maybe um, it gives correction it offers a new emphasis it's speaking a new reality into our lives and generally speaking um, we're okay with the um, the uh, inspirational stuff, um, and after we're a little bit more cautious about the revelatory stuff. And, and so, you know, for us as a local church, the way we've worked that out is that we, we encourage it to happen, firstly, in relationship. Um, you know, sometimes it's um, difficult, isn't it, to say important things to people you don't know. And so we'd encourage you to, to be friends uh, and begin to speak. At, at the very least, write it down. You know, so often that people will get different words for us as a church, and, and, and particularly if they're more directional things, we'll just say, 
you know what, can you just put that on an email? Can you just email it to us? You know? And more often than not, they're not a surprise. Okay? I think sometimes people give us words and they think, oh, this is really bad. And, you know, we know how bad things are. Um, you know, but, um, you know, and sometimes it's just God confirming what he's already saying to us. And um, we really love to receive uh, those things that, that people uh, send to us and... Um, and stuff like that. And what I would say is, is that when, when you get those things, when you, when you speak in a more revelatory way, just be faithful to the bit that you've been given. And, um, you know, we can break, we can break that kind of um, prophetic thing into three things, can't we? Revelation, interpretation, and application. And what tends to happen is, is people get a revelation and then they think it's their job to interpret and they think it's their job to apply it. And sometimes it was just your job to get the revelation. Yeah, Sometimes it's just your job to, to be faithful to the bit that God has given you and, and leave the rest to someone else. And, and that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. And so, you know, we, we really firmly believe that quite often the application bit in the prophetic is, is the job of leaders. It's what leaders are called to do, to apply what God is saying. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the, what leaders do. And, uh, you, know, we, you know, we can look back in our own movement of churches and see where things have got a little bit muddled when we've allowed prophets to lead. Um, things get a little bit skewed. And so... Um, but that's, that's maybe for the church, but you might also get a, a more revelatory word for an individual. Again, just write it down, give it to them, encourage them as you give it them, and let them make of it what they want. You know, don't try and force a word on someone. There's nothing wor- worse than that. They're like, you will have this word, you know, um, you will hear from me. Um, you know, but sometimes we just have to be faithful with the bit that, that God has given us. And so I want to try and make. Um, this as practical as we can. And so I just want to click um, this. That's a face, okay? Um, and I just want to think about, you know, all of us are wired in different ways, aren't we? We're all made in different ways. We all perceive things in different ways. And we all have the ability to hear God differently. Now, it might be that some of us share some of those different things, but some of us have some unique ways that we hear from God uh, that no one else ever does. And that's perfectly fine because we're all wired differently. But on the whole, most of us hear God in maybe one or two of at least five different ways. And so I just want to quickly run through them and then we're going to be practical. Okay, so the first one would be our eyes. Um, and so we hear from him by what we see. And, and so we've already said that that might be through what we, we read in the scriptures. Um, it might be that God gives some of us a vision or a, a picture or a thought. And, uh, and, and this vision or picture of thought has some kind of spiritual meaning attached to it. Uh, has anybody ever had that, that kind of thing? A few of you, a few of you, okay. So our eyes. Um, the next one, God can use our minds. And so we can hear him as we remember with our minds what he has said and done. And that God can inspire our thoughts, okay. 
that God can speak into our thought life. He can use our dreams. You know, I go to sleep, my head hits the pillow, I wake up in the morning. Um, but if God's going to speak to my wife, he often speaks to her in dreams. <laughs> you know, and occasionally I'll have a dream and she's like, oh, what's the Lord saying? I was like, nothing. <laughs> it was just a dream. Um, but God speaks to her all the time in dreams, just vividly and in detail. And I think, oh, man, why God, don't you do that to me? Um, but so he can use our dreams. He can, God can use our imagination. Um, the third one, God can use our ears. Uh, some of us might hear an audible voice. Um, it might just be words that we hear. Um, maybe in our physical ear, maybe in our spiritual ears. Often uh, those words are like flashes or moments where we just see things in a, in a moment. We almost dismiss them. Um, often that's the way God speaks to me. I really wish he would give me more sometimes, but often it's just a little phrase or a sentence. Oh, where do, I'm sure that's in the Bible. Or, you know, where have I heard God say that before? And, and so often God will speak to me in, in those kinds of ways. Just, I think it's because he thinks that's all he can handle. You know, just, just a little word. Um, our mouths, uh, we hear uh, through the words that we speak. And this is a different one, isn't it? That, that sometimes God can supernaturally just speak through us. We don't even know what we're going to say. And he just, he just speaks to us. Uh, Jesus, it says, it says this in Matthew, in Matthew 10. Uh, it says, at this time you'll be given what to say. For it will, be, it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And so sometimes we can be in situations where God wants to speak. And our job is just to open our mouths. That's scary, isn't it? Because <laughs> you don't know what God's going to say. Um, and then lastly, our nose. And in other words, God can speak through our instinct, through our intuition. And often this is one that we dismiss, don't we? Because we just think it's just a, I'm just making it up. But you know, I'm sure many of us have been in situations where we've been talking to someone and we just instinctively know something, don't we? That God has just spoken in that moment. And, and we just think, oh, I'm just feeling a vibe. You know, I'm just, I'm just sensing something. But that could be the Lord. He's just speaking to us instinctively. And so, I'm not saying that we all use all of those things to hear God. But I'm pretty much sure that most of us in this room who have heard God at some point have heard him speaking in at least one of those different ways. Would that be correct? Good church. Um, um, so here's what we're going to do. We've got a few minutes. Can I have the microphone? So who, who likes to um, hear from God? It should be like, shouldn't be a really hard show of hands there, should it? Really, really. Um, uh, put them up again. We're just going to take a picture. Okay, Jake, why don't you come? And again, keep them up, 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 keep them up. Laura, and shall we keep them up? Keep them up. Uh, Calvin, why don't you, you guys, you three, come? Space out. 
Stay set a bit. Oh, you're going to go over there. Okay. Now what's going to happen is you lot are going to prophesy over these. Okay? Um, you thought it was going to be the other way around. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do, we're just going to pray quickly. And um, Tammy's going to be my roving mic. And um, I want you guys, using those five things, to, um, to see what the Lord might say to one of these three guys. Okay? Okay, so Father, we just, um, we just invite you here. Uh, Lord, by your spirit, Lord, will you just stir up the gift of prophecy in us, Lord? That, Lord, you told us that um, in the scriptures that we should all desire this gift. That all of us should be people who want to hear from you. And so, Lord, come and stir that up in us right now. Uh, Come and be with us, Lord, and begin to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're a smaller crowd this morning. I think God's done that on purpose. Um, And so, yeah, anybody got any words for any of these lovely people? Um, Yeah, I've got a word for Jake and just got a sense um, of solidity. And like you're the the picture that came to mind was like a tent peg. That basically that you you keep things rooted. You might not feel like you do that, but you keep things rooted. And Matt, why don't you tell us how you got that? How did you get that word? Um, I think it was, look, it was seeing seeing Jake in the way that he was standing, and okay. it just kind of that almost that kind of impression of like solidity there um actually the also the color of his top was gray and so in my mind i had like a a steel like quality in terms of like solidity like that (laughs) so i'm not saying he's the man of steel (laughs) 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 so does does that make sense yeah. Um, okay. But I also sense there's an element of kind of vulnerability um, to that as well. So, hmm? got another one here. <laughs> that just beat me to it, really. Um, so I, I got something for Jake as well. Um, it came as a picture, and the picture was: as soon as you went up there, I saw you in waders up to your. You sort of like, you know, lower chest, which was a bit odd. Um, but then as I thought about it a little bit more, I really felt the Lord was saying, you know what, don't be afraid to, to go out into the places where it feels a bit muddy. It feels a bit like you're going to sink because you're not. You're, you're going to be out there. You're going to help pull people back in, people who are out there who are floundering, who are struggling. You're the, you're the solid thing that you're going to be able to pull them in. So it very much... I think builds on what's already been said, that you're going to be there to help, you're going to wade in, and you're going to pull them back. Anybody else got any words for Jake? Don't be shy. Going once, going twice. Okay, what do you got? You and Matt, come and pray for Jake. Yeah? Is that good? Okay, anybody, anybody else? Pete? And then Jill. Okay. Um, for Laura, um, just this isn't a super spiritual thing, um, but just that I know that you 
a real gentle and loving spirit. Um, and I think that it's a God-given thing and you've got a bit of a heart of compassion. Um, and just to, I have a feeling that God is saying, stand firm and don't, don't worry. Um, I think around work and stuff. Um, yeah, just to, to stand firm in, in that. Yeah, my word for Laura was um, precious and just that one word that you are so precious in God's sight and to never never lose sight of that um, and uh, just a sense that um, there's a, a confidence ish, issue there as well, you know, that, that you need to grasp the confidence that you're precious in God's sight and never let anybody sort of knock that for you, um, it's very important. And Laura, I had the picture of an embroidery um, picture, and you see the back, and it's not always so clear, but the Lord sees the front, and he sees the beauty of what is there. Um, I just got the same as Anya. Um, The second bit, I'm not sure if I've made this up, so I'll say it anyway. It was stand firm, you're right. I also got the same as Anya, but the other half of what Anya said about gentleness um, and also a picture of a flower um, being delicate but beautiful. So sometimes when the Lord speaks, he speaks to our hearts, doesn't he? And that causes us to respond and it causes us to respond to what he's doing. Anybody else? There's a gentleman here on my... (laughs) Um, Kelvin, for you, I've got um, to borrow an analogy off our Mexican friends, a piñata with a little hole in the bottom. And um, the piñata symbolises, inside a piñata, I don't know if everyone knows what a piñata is, but it's a, it looks like a donkey. I'm not saying Kelvin looks like a donkey. But inside there's lots of sweets, and Mexican kids blindfold themselves and then sort of swing their bat around and try and smash this piñata open. Um, and I've got this picture of this piñata, and there's a little hole in the bottom, and inside is the fullness of God. Everything God has for you is inside that piñata. And you're getting nuggets coming out the bottom, but inside, if you start um, really going for it and really hitting, trying to hit that piñata, eventually it will smash open and the fullness of God will pour out on, onto you. Yeah, I had a picture of like um, a bag full of pocket change. It was just like really full and it was being like shaken around and then the, the money spilled out. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if that related to the same as Pete, but definitely the word change, so just whether there's change, effort. Anyone else? Um, the first thing was I got was about a, a standing firm, and from there it went to a, a steadfastness, that word, steadfastness. So I asked what I thought he meant and he showed me the words of the scripture of a bruised reed will not be broken and it's it's about the steadfastness and a planting that people will see in you and will be drawn to you because it is Christ that has planted you and it is Christ that you are standing fast in.
Thank you. Anyone else for Kelvin? I had a picture of a, a large wave, and um, not 100% sure about the, the exact meaning, but uh, it's that sense of strength and power in the wave. That's for you. Mm-hmm. I had a picture of you sitting on a throne, and you were dispensing wisdom from the Lord, and it had to do with government. Any others? The thing I'm trying to say is, is we all get to play, okay? We all get to hear God. We all get to share what we feel like he's saying. Does anybody else feel anything? Yeah. Um, I just got the sense that um, there's this deep hunger in you, and it's like you've been hungering for God. You've really been hungering for more of him. And it's almost like, it's, it's not quite like you feel the hunger yet, but there's this desire of like, God, what does it feel like to be hungry for you? And God just says, I just got the, um, the scripture from Jeremiah that says, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, says Lord, plans to prosper you and plans not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. But then the next bit goes, and you will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that God is waiting to be found by you. And there's going to be this season where you step in to say, God, I need you to speak to me. And he's just going to start speaking to you. And it's just like, stuff's going to come into you. I just got the sense that God wants to reveal secret things to you. And they're about the things that you've been longing for deep within concerning what you want to do in life. It's almost like this sense of, I know I've got a deeper purpose than what I'm doing right now. And that hunger for that and that sense of, I need the purpose and the hunger to kind of come in line with each other. And God just says, seek me and go to that secret place and he's going to reveal those things to you. So why don't we get some folks praying for Calvin? And um, why don't the rest of us all stand? And um, I'm just going to quickly pray for us. And, um, and I, I want to kind of release you all to go and prophesy of one another, okay? Um, just as you feel led, okay? And um, so, Holy Spirit, we just, um, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you that you're a God who loves to distribute his gifts amongst his people, that you love uh, to come and lavish yourself upon us, Lord. And that, Father, I pray that we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't um, treat prophecy with contempt, Lord. Um, we wouldn't uh, disregard the words that you want to speak, Lord. Uh, that we wouldn't let embarrassment, we wouldn't let uh, a sense of our own frailty get in the way of speaking words of life to others. And that, Lord, as we hear you, and as we hear your voice, that that would be something that helps us to grow in relationship to you, Lord. That we would be people who know the Father's voice, and we know what the Father is doing. And so, Lord, I just release us all right now to go and prophesy and speak words of life to one another this morning. And so, Jesus, we just ask that you would come. You would bring us words You'd give us things to encourage one another, that you would give us things that would speak life into the hearts of men and women. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.